This is Resolutions, a podcast from the American Bar Association Dispute Resolution Section. I'm one of your co-hosts, Larry Schooler. I'm director of consensus building for the consulting firm CD&P. On today's episode, you'll hear my conversation with Jesse Lawrence of Lawrence Meeting Resources in Santa Fe, New Mexico. As a mediator, Jesse works primarily on public policy disputes, contracting with government agencies at all levels, as well as with nonprofit and private sector organizations. Jesse describes her circuitous path to what she now views as a calling. A long time ago, when I was much younger, I made the mistake of going to law school, and I discovered almost immediately that being an advocate wasn't what I wanted to do, that I wasn't um, particularly good at it, and I didn't really feel comfortable doing it, Um, but I I finished my law degree and got my law license and then floated around a little bit, trying to figure out where my next steps might be. Um, I worked in community planning for a little while, and then I ended up working in state government here at the state of New Mexico. Um, in capital planning and working with local governments. Um, While I was working there, I ended up meeting another individual who uh, was working as a consultant and acting as a third-party neutral and helping governments of all sorts have better conflict analysis, um, better conflict resolution, better understanding of the dynamics of different organizations um, and started working with the agency that I was working for. So I said, hey, this seems really fun and really interesting. And I had never heard of this before. Um, Long story short, I ended up leaving state government a year or so after that incident. um, And I ended up working for him as a subcontractor. And he was looking for some extra help and asked if I was interested in um, assisting on various projects, which very quickly got me traveling around the Mountain West, working with government groups and um, helping them understand different problems and different dynamics. Um, So I ended up subcontracting with him for eight years and along the way, also gathering projects of my own and striking out of, on my own. And uh, now I work as a dispute resolution professional for state, local, federal government, um, nonprofits, private groups. Um, most of my work is uh, public facilitation and public policy resolution and discussion design. Um, but I also do some of what you might call traditional mediation in addition to that. And I'm just wondering of the projects that you've taken on, whether there's one that stands out for its memorability, either for going spectacularly well and, and you know, you, you brought parties to consensus uh, in ways that you never would have expected, or maybe just it took some twists and turns that, you know, taught you something valuable that you've, you know, carried for the rest of your career. You know, one project that I I like to refer back to and that I really found to be a fulfilling project and also a really complex project in a lot of ways 
was a, um, a land use project. It was a project um, where I was commissioned by a land use subdivision developer to work with his neighborhood and the, the neighborhood of people and houses and communities that he had developed to try to identify the principles that they could support for the rest of the build out of the development. Um, here in New Mexico, uh, that means that we're ultimately talking about a um, 50 year build out and tens of thousands of acres of development. And um, this was a person who was very invested in getting public support of what he was doing and was really invested in making sure that he was able to work with the community, get them behind him, and also, to be completely honest, head off problems at the, at the past um, that he may be facing in the future. That was a very challenging project because it was bringing together a very diverse group of people. Anybody who lived in the community who um, was invested enough to say that they would participate in a series of meetings, but also who had very widely ranging concerns and very different reasons why they were all there. Um, and also the challenge of trying to decide what consensus was and what that meant in terms of how everyone agreed to move forward and what a good outcome might be um, was very challenging. But it ended up also being a very satisfying project that people were invested over the course of several months to be part of this. Uh, they ended up with a list of principles and a document that the, the developer could take and that the participants could take as well to be able to say, hey, we're holding you to this. Um, and to my knowledge, everyone still feels very good about that outcome. I think in the United States in particular, there is this ethos around an aggrieved party feeling that they're their best recourse is to to say to somebody that they're you know aggrieved against i'll see you in court and hold them accountable in that way and so as you were talking about you know differences in dispute resolution platforms um i, I guess i'm wondering a little bit about you know in particular why you think that some of the consensus building work that you do um has advantages and perhaps even even uh, disadvantages compared to a litigious uh or, or arbitrative type uh, outcome, um, and also kind of what you would just characterize as some of the values that you feel like you're bringing to the specific consensus building work that you're doing across all topics, across all clients, you know, what are some things you try to consistently emphasize? Sure. I, I think that the, the most often stated advantage of dispute resolution processes compared to more litigious processes is the ability to seek more creative solutions. And that's not even really, I mean, it is in part that you get to ask the question, let's be creative here. Let's think about what we're doing. But it also affects how people approach the problem, that they are coming in thinking there is a problem here and something needs to be done, rather than saying there is a problem here and I have been damaged, and this is what I'm demanding. 
which is often what we see in more litigious processes. By the time people get to that sort of process, um, they are thinking about their, their harms and what they need, um, and they're, they're really dug in in terms of not trying to explore how can we make this better for all of us, but saying, I need something and I need someone else to give this to me. Um, so I think that that is one of the advantages. And also people tend to come to these sort of dispute resolution processes earlier. So in, in an ideal world, um, someone identifies there are going to be issues here. We need to sit down and discuss them um, before, in a land use scenario, before an application is submitted before the city has the zoning application or the building permit application or whatever it may be, someone is saying we need to have this discussion and we need to find a way to make it better for everyone. Um, my role and the discussion of the, the values um, is that I can be the neutral I can be the neutral person who can say um, both that I can help be the process person, I can help develop the solution, um, and also I can act as the go-between for the, the negative energy that comes out between the parties during that process so that everyone can stay focused on the solutions without feeling like they are. Um, being attacked or that it is not going to be a successful process because they can't communicate. So it, it really seems in, in that and your other answers, like, you know, the, the notion of, um, <clears throat> of just creating a safe space in which all parties feel comfortable participating is a, is a big piece of what you're striving to do, which quite frankly, I think most people would say a courtroom isn't or doesn't feel like. Um, and then I also heard a lot about inclusion and, and just the notion of, of making sure that, that all of the people who want to be involved in the discussion are in fact involved. So much of this work is setting a good tone. So much of this work is creating an environment from the beginning where the attitude on everyone's part is um, we are professional, we are focused on the problem, we are all working together to find a solution. Um, and the, I think that, that if you set it from the beginning, then everyone can move forward. And there's nothing really tricky about it, and it doesn't mean that you need to be a particularly good host in any way, um, but you need to let everyone know early on, we're working together in a very productive way. You know, if I'm a government official and either I want to bring this kind of work into my agency, into my city, my state, what have you, or uh, I find myself needing to apply some of this, uh, you know, in my role as a public administrator, though I'm not going to do this full time the way the three of us may be doing. Um, 
what are some of the things those people should be asking or or thinking about as they prepare either for a particular scenario that they're going to work on or to bring this kind of uh, concept into the organization? Yeah, and government officials are particularly challenged because they are answering to everyone. Um, they are almost always answering up to their bosses, to appointed officials, to elected officials, um, and then to any member of the public that they might be working with. Um, they have people that they need to work with on every side. So in a lot of ways, um, government work is often mediation work because it just it just has to be because you have so many different people that you're working with. Um, if there is a problem that you're trying to address and you think, I see this as an issue, we have a conflict, um, we need to think about how to bring people together, how to try to have some sort of process to try to address this issue um, from sitting within government. Um, and I think this is also true of any time you're designing any sort of process in some ways. But focus on the prep time. Never just say, I, I think we have a conflict here. Um, I have mediation skills. Let's sit down and try to address it. Um, my standard rule is twice at least as much time, at least twice as much time on the prep as whatever time I have dedicated to the process. Um, and you need to really think carefully about those things before you bring people in. Think yourself, who needs to be part of the planning process? Who needs to be sitting down together before we even get to the question of who needs to be at the table? Um, who needs to be the convener? Who's the right person to bring everyone together? Uh, very often, for most government employees, um, the person who identifies the problem is not necessarily the right person to be the convener. So if you can identify that person and bring them into the process, uh, you have a, a head start on getting a successful result. Um, what does your table need to look like? Table sort of in quotes. Uh, what is the right location? Uh, who needs to be uh, around it? How do you set the right tone? Do you need to have a series of meetings to get whatever you're trying to get done accomplished? And do you need to know that from the beginning? Do you need to let everyone know before they even get started? This is going to be four meetings once every two weeks. And you need to agree to be a part of it because it's the only way we're going to move anywhere in a way that people can trust. Um, how do you design your agenda? What are the right prompting questions for people that keep them focused? Don't let them argue against each other and um, get them to be identifying and working towards addressing the problem. Those are all the things that you need to be thinking about really early on in order to be able to say, I, I can do this. I can help people address 
this problem and we could actually get something done here. Um, and there are so many opportunities for that in government all the time. That was Jessie Lawrence of Lawrence Meeting Resources in Santa Fe, New Mexico, talking about her work in public policy dispute resolution. We'll have more conversations with dispute resolution professionals in the public policy arena in future episodes of the podcast. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Resolutions from the American Bar Association Dispute Resolution Section. I'm Larry Schooler.